Hello, and welcome to the Startup Brew Fargo podcast. Startup Brew is a weekly event hosted by Emerging Prairie in downtown Fargo, where we believe that entrepreneurship is energized over brews. Each week, we bring entrepreneurs, founders, and innovators together because we believe they succeed when they have access to each other and the community that supports them. This week, we were joined by Danny Heckenkamp, founder of Quirky Event Planning, and Mary-Kate McManaman, founder of MC Marketing. Today, we will begin by hearing from Danny, who is an event planner, community cheerleader, and connector in Fargo, North Dakota. She specializes in utilizing local vendors and out-of-the-box ideas to create unique and memorable events. She's a lover of puns and all things creative and is energized by meeting new people. Let's take a listen. I fully hope to do a cartwheel, but this stage is a little bit small, so um, we'll just go with the running part. Um, hi, everybody. Thanks for being here this chilly morning. I am Danny from Quirky Event Planning, and I plan really awesome events for businesses and for the community. And so I do that by finding ways to find creative, unique, fun, memorable things to make events really fun and really memorable. Hence the name Quirky. Sometimes we get a little weird with the things that we do. And so what that means is that when I am planning events, that I'm focusing on the overall attendee experience. So that means that we, when we're planning events, we're not just finding a venue, we're not just creating a seating arrangement, we're not just ordering food, that we are finding ways to make sure that the layout is nice so everybody can see, so that we have people who can who are enjoying the presentation and it's not too long, not too short, that the seating's comfortable, that we have dietary, dietary restrictions covered. So that there are, so when we're, when we're planning these events that we're finding, what are the reasons that people may not be able to come and what are the reasons that somebody might leave and how can we reduce those barriers and make our events accessible to all and enjoyable to all. Because when, if you're planning an event for your business, you want to make sure that your people are enjoying themselves, that they're having a really good time. Because if they're not having a good time, that reflects back on you and your business. So if, you, if they have a good time, they're gonna have a great experience with your business. And so when I'm working with my clients, I want them to also have a good time when we're planning this event. So when I'm working with them, I am up here, we're brainstorming, everybody's getting together, everybody has a hand in this event, and they're coming up with the really cool ideas. And then that's when I come in for the execution. So I'm taking care of the logistics, I'm taking care of the details, putting out the fires so that they can enjoy the event planning process and they don't have to deal with some of the icky stuff. And with that, um, also taking care of the day of stuff so that they are, you know, they can enjoy their event as an attendee. And so I'm going to tell you now a little bit about how I ended up on this um, Startup Brew stage today. So I am from a small town in central Minnesota where we didn't have public transit system. And so when I moved to Fargo in 2010, my mom was so excited that we lived in a city that was big enough to have a bus system, that we had public transit. And so my mom was convinced that we were gonna take the bus everywhere. And so she bought me a child's bus pass. And so I would take the bus down to the downtown public library and I would sit and I would read Entrepreneur Magazine. And so when I was reading Entrepreneur Magazine, I was just dreaming about the day when I could start my own company and I could be an entrepreneur. And that stuck with me throughout middle school, high school. You know, you always get the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my answer was always, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And so naturally, the question that comes after that is, well, what kind of business are you going to start? And so my answer every single time was 
I don't know. I never quite knew what kind of business I was going to start, but I knew at some point I wanted to start a business. I wanted to start a company. And that entrepreneurial mindset and that innovative thinking stuck with me throughout my years. So once I graduated from Concordia College and was looking for my first full-time job, a position opened up with Emerging Prairie, you may have heard of them, an event coordinator position, and I knew they were essential to the entrepreneurial ecosystem and that um, it was an events position and I had planned events in college, so it seemed like a great fit. So I joined the Emerging Prairie team and I loved being surrounded by entrepreneurs, I loved supporting entrepreneurs, and I loved planning events and I loved finding ways to incorporate artists, musicians, and all those kinds of fun details into events. Then, as we all know, COVID-19 happened, a pandemic, pandemic and events, were not a great fit, as we all know, and so I ended up getting laid off and leaving the company. And so with that, led me to the question, well, now what? What am I gonna do? Am I gonna find another job? Is now the time to start my company? And then came that question again, well, what kind of company would I start? And then I got brought back to a conversation I had with a mentor a few months ago where offhand she said, you know, you could just do event consulting on the side and charge X amount of dollars. And then it hit me. I'm really good at planning events. I love helping people and I love our community. This is my idea. And so I ended up finding a full-time job too because I had to pay the bills. And I worked for the Alzheimer's Association full-time. It was a great job, loved the organization and the team. Um, but I kept working on my business. I kept plugging along and kept just building the foundation, talking to people about it. And then in March, I officially launched my business, which means that I posted on Facebook and LinkedIn that I had a business. <laughs> And I just received so much support and it gained so much momentum for me that a month later I was at a crossroads where if I wanted to grow my business, I couldn't continue working full time. But then that leap is really scary, right? To just leave full time steady job. So I had some great conversations with my mom, my sister, my fiance, and my fam and my friends too, just to make that decision. And so I ended up um, putting in my time with the Alzheimer's Association. So today I'm in my final weeks of working on a full time steady job. And soon I am ready to put my full energy, passion, and time into planning really cool events for the community and building my business. And so. <laughs> Because when I founded this company, like Emma said, my mission is to end all boring events. Because boring events suck. And our community and you all, we deserve better. Thank you. Next up, we heard from Mary-Kate, who is a social media marketing strategist and owner of MC Marketing. After graduating in 2020 from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire with degrees in entrepreneurship and marketing, she moved back to Minnesota to start her business. She is passionate about supporting female business owners and taking social media off their plates so they can focus on other things like growing their businesses. Let's listen in. Thank you, Emma. It's great to be here. When she first asked me to speak, I was like, North Dakota in May? I was like, are you crazy? It could snow. Like, who knows what could happen? But thank you all for coming out here, even though it's a little bit chilly. As Emma said, my name is Mary-Kate McManaman, and I founded, almost a year ago now, MC Marketing. So a year ago, we were right in the heat of the pandemic. I was graduating from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. I had moved home and was job hunting and starting an another business. But as I was starting that other business, I realized that I had a lot of ideas for marketing and a lot that I knew for marketing from my entrepreneurship degree, but not a lot of ways to actually implement all of those ideas. 
And what I realized was that I was not the only entrepreneur that had a lot of those ideas, but just not the time, energy, or really interest in dealing with the marketing side while running a business. What I also realized was that with my management and marketing, management and entrepreneurship degree, there's so many similarities between entrepreneurship and marketing. You are looking for your problem, your solution, identifying your target market. And so I kind of just thought, well, I can probably do that with an entrepreneurship degree. And so I started taking on a few clients um, after graduation. So that was a year ago now. Uh, my first client was an influencer. I was like, this is not for me because influencing is just a whole nother ball game. And so it was a lot of um, follow for follow, kind of that not great side of social media that can be kind of fake. Um, not all influencers, of course, but, um, but what I realized was that there's a whole nother market that also kind of had that same feeling about what social media can be and what you can use social media to do. And it doesn't always just have to be trying to grow a following or trying to get so many likes or trying to keep up with all of the trends. It can really be used as a tool to actually grow your business. And so that is kind of one for my mental health. I did not just want to be watching a follower count all the time. Two, for my clients of really wanting to get to know them, get to know their businesses and use social media as a, to as a tool to grow their businesses and instead of just growing a following. And then three, if you're a marketer, you know that it's important to prove that return on investment. And so as we're tracking all of those social analytics, we can also be looking at how is your email list doing? Um, what are your sales goals? Are we reaching those? Are we actually growing your business? And so really proving that return on investment is just a smart business move for me too um, as, as I work with clients. So now I've been in business for about a year, very excited to be moving into the second year, growing and kind of going back and setting that really strong foundation after a year, a strange first year in business to say the least. Um, so I'm very thankful for this community and for the women's cohorts for helping me kind of launch into this second year. Thank you all so much. After the presentations, we opened up our conversation to a live Q&A session with the audience, joined by our host, Emma McIntyre, who is also the lead coordinator of Startup Brew Fargo. Let's listen in. We're going to kick it off with uh, what are you guys most proud of in the last year? Um, I'm personally super proud of the both of you for launching in the last year, um, but we don't brag about ourselves enough. So what do you guys consider to be your greatest accomplishment? I would say mine is just starting a business in a pandemic after like just graduating. So I remember like thinking back, I was like, I cannot start a business. Like what if something happens like 10 years down the line that like I, like, I can't find any more clients or I, you know, like what if something external happens and I remembered I'm in a pandemic, I'm 22 years old and I have clients with no experience. And so I think just like pushing past that, like, oh, well, what if something happens? I mean, and just thinking like, well, hopefully nothing, knock on wood, like ever like this happens again. So hopefully this will be the hardest year and that it'll be fine moving forward. So I think pushing past that kind of imposter syndrome. Yeah, I think for me, my proudest moment too was making that leap and for coming to the decision of um, quitting my job because I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, I'll be honest. And so actually talking to my boss and saying, hey, I'm going to leave and I'm going to pursue this full time with um, maybe just a couple of clients right now. Like at that point, I only had a couple of clients. And so just making that decision and leaving. And it was kind of crazy timing too because that week that I had put in my notice, I had kind of an S 
SOS call in the evening where somebody had called me and they were like, oh my gosh, we just got this huge event that we have to plan. I don't know what to do. And you're the first person that I thought of. And that was like a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like I can do this. Somebody like thought that they needed help with an event and they called me. So that was definitely a moment where I was like, ah, somebody, somebody like thinks I'm good at this. I can do this. I don't know if it's the weather, um, but I got goosebumps. That was awesome. Thank you for sharing. Probably the weather. <laughs> uh, we did get a question in online from Randy Schatz, which is, for each of you, uh, what is one of your goals one year from today? I feel like I should have seen the goals question coming, and yet I still didn't. Um, I think my goal would just be in a year, I want to be um, just like known in the event. I want people to know when they see a cool event like they like that they think of me um, and that people will go to me for help too. Like I want to be, um, I don't know, not, not a pillar, but I want to be present in the community and I want people to know that with my business that they know that they can get help, they know that they are going to get support and that it's going to be a fun time when they do it. And I, similar to Danny, just kind of being that, that presence and that, I don't know if thought leader in social media would be like necessarily the right term, but also um, growing to a point where I would be able to um, take on either an employee or a couple part-time employees, just having that growth would be awesome in a year. I want to steal that. I'd love to have an employee in a year. I think that'd be so fun to be able to be at that point. She asked how they plan to maintain their mental health in the next year, because the industries that they're both in are kind of all over the place um, in regards to hours and balance, so. Hence the employees, I think. <laughs> um, no, that's definitely something that has been, since I've been doing this for a while now, has definitely kind of like had a couple points of like, yep, I don't want to have to do this for 10, 20 years. Um, and so I think really setting boundaries is so important of like, I'm not going to be on social media at 11 p.m. Like, that's just not what I'm going to do. Um, and I also like with the employee comments, I would not want that for my employees either. Just that would not be great for team morale. So I think really setting those clear boundaries of like, what do we offer? Like, what are our clients paying for? And like, you're maybe you're not paying for like 24 seven access to us. And so I think that's one of the biggest things for me that I've had to learn is like, yes, social media is 24 seven, but I can't be 24 seven. And so I'm um, just kind of setting those boundaries with clients. Um, and then eventually that would be those boundaries for the team too. Yes, boundaries are so important in that client communication. I think for me, especially, I'm still figuring this out because I'm still just starting to go um, with my business, but I think part of the flexibility of working, um, working on this full time and having that freedom to do that means that I can work for, like I can start work at 6 a.m. and I can um, you know, work all these crazy hours, but also if I just want to take a nap at 2 p.m., I'm going to take a nap at 2 p.m. Um, and I just find ways to, like if I recognize that I'm being burnt out, I'm just going to stop and step back because if I'm working when I'm burnt out, it's probably not going to be good work anyways. And so for me, a lot of times that means going camping or kayaking. Um, so I love being in nature, but that's just me finding my getaways and recognizing when I need them. We had another question come in from online uh, from Danielle, which is, is a question for Danny. What is your take on virtual events? Do you think that they can be just as impactful as in-person experience? If so, how? 
I think they can be as impactful if they are done right. I think one thing that we found with um, the pandemic when everybody had to switch to virtual events is that um, anybody can do it. You know, you can put on a virtual event, anybody can hop on Zoom and live stream it to Facebook, but is that as impactful as, you know, putting into putting in production or adding in like a, like a mail-in box or something like that. I think if they're done well and if you add in, again, those special touch, touches and thinking about it, because you're, when you're planning an event for somebody who's virtual, like you gotta think, like they're sitting at home in their bedroom on their couch, you know, whatever. So think about it from their perspective. How can you keep them engaged and how can you find the right content that's gonna fit them and adjust the timing and the different aspects to fit them. So yes, I think they can be as impactful. Jordan asked her to describe her experience in launching her business in Fargo's ecosystem. Yeah, so I think Fargo, as um, probably anybody who, who is sitting here will say, Fargo is an awesome place to launch a business. And we have a lot of really great, or really great organizations right now, um, as far as I'm concerned, that are planning really great events. Um, so like Danielle's here from Lady Boss, they plan awesome events, and we've got Folkways. Like we have some really, an emerging prairie too, I'll, add that, I'll throw that in there. Um, like we've got some really, really great organizations planning events, um, and that's just what makes this a, a good place for me, because it means that the community is already open to attending cool events, and you know, they're open to those weird things. But I think there's just so much support in this community, and there's a really like love local feel here, where people just wanna support each other, and um, you know, if you meet somebody in a coffee shop or whatever, they're gonna be so willing to be like, oh, hey, do you, you need so-and-so, or you need this thing? Like, I'll connect you, I know somebody. Because everybody knows somebody somewhere that can help you, and people are just so willing to be like, oh yeah, I'll connect you, which is, um, has been super helpful, because everybody's been so willing to, to you know, connect me or help me or support me in some way. Kate, you're actually moving. You're leaving Fargo, unfortunately. If anybody can convince her to stay, free coffee on us. <laughs> but can you maybe share maybe a worry that you have or something you're excited for from your experience in Fargo that you can share that you're bringing with you in your move to Wisconsin? Yeah, definitely. I think going away for college, that was one thing um, that was interesting to see. Like growing up in the Fargo-Moorhead area, it was like, oh, this is what an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial ecosystem looks like. And then going to a different town and being like, oh, this isn't normal. Like not everyone has, you know, a one million cups where there's like music events and things like that. And so I think um, just really valuing this community, but also um, I'm thankful that in this kind of virtual world, I've been able to create um, kind of community in more places than just Fargo. And so I'm thankful that this seems normal and that if I'm ever in a place that it's not normal, I'll um, definitely kind of like just try and invest in that community more too. Oh, Dr. Sue. She asked Mary Kate to dive in on Clubhouse and TikTok. 
That is a great question. I get questions a lot like that of like, what platform should I be on? How often should I be posting? And I think um, my opinions, one, um, I am not a huge TikToker. <laughs> I try not to be because it just, it's addictive. Um, I also haven't really gotten into Clubhouse much either, but um, I know that some some people, like if that's your thing, then I definitely say it's better to go deep than wide. Like it's way better to just like pick Clubhouse and pick TikTok and really invest in those platforms instead of trying to be on Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and Clubhouse and just trying to do everything. Um, so I think that's a challenge in social media is there's always something new and like just really figuring out what works for you um, and not having that shiny object syndrome every time something new comes up. Um, so I would say um, there are definitely unique platforms and if that's where your target market is then I would definitely suggest investing in those. I'm curious if you can share with us um, what is the number one mistake that you see people make in your industry that you wish wasn't the standard? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, I think people will plan events, but then they don't put the full like force and energy behind it. They're just like, we're going to plan an event to plan an event, but we're not really sure how to make it super special. So they like put it on and it's just kind of a missed opportunity. It just falls flat. So maybe they hype it up a lot, but um, because they just don't like put everything into it, they're just like, we're going to plan it to plan it and it'll turn out fine. Because for me, fine is not great at that point. Like, you might as well not do anything at all. Um, and so I think if people want to plan an event, you can find a reason to plan an event. And I think that's super fun if you're just like, hey, it's a random day. Like, the ice cream places around town will do ice cream for breakfast day. Um, so just finding, like, you can find fun, t fun reasons to have events. But just make sure when you're, when you're planning events to put all your energy in and just make sure you're working out all the kinks. I think it's really similar for social media, like planning an event just to plan an event, but also like just posting on social media to post on social media. I mean, if you wouldn't send it to a friend or if you wouldn't like save it or like it, then no one else is. Um, so I think it's really important to not just think about like what are you trying to get across with your social media, but also like how does the audience want to hear it? So if you're, you are marketing to teenagers, then they're probably not going to want to read like a super long Facebook post. They're probably just going to want to watch a TikTok. And so um, I think that's the um, biggest maybe mistake that people, they are thinking about what they want to get across instead of thinking about what the audience wants to see or hear. Any other questions from our audience? Jessica, you look so warm. <laughs> Anything else? You guys have really, you've really bared this weather, so we'll, we, will, we will wrap up. Uh, we have 54 people here, miraculously, that decided to come out and support the both of you in the cold. And any in-person audience is more fun than a digital audience, in my opinion. Um, so thank you very much. We are going to wrap with a question. We have 54 of your closest friends, obviously they cared enough to come in the cold, uh, here with us today. What is one thing that they can do to support each of you in the work that you're doing? Can I cheat and give two things? 
I'm gonna cheat and do two things. I mean, I guess. <laughs> so one thing is, I want to know about your guys' favorite local vendors, artists, musicians, anything like that. If you know somebody, please let me know. I want to hire them and pay them money um, at my event. So if you guys know cool people who are doing cool things, please connect me and let me know. Because, um, like I said, I want variety in my events and I want to support as many people as possible. Um, two, if any of you guys know people who own commercial real estate, let me know. I have a weird vision where I just want to plan events in weird empty spaces. So like if you know the owner of the Toys R Us building, let me know. I want to plan an event there. That's my two things. Those are awesome. Um, I kind of feel like I'm cheating since I'm leaving the community. I feel like I shouldn't ask for anything. Um, no, but I think um, I think this next chapter is another. I mean, I think when you start a business, you don't really know what you don't know. And I think that's similar with like going into my second year of business. Um, I know some things that I need to be doing and just operation things. But um, yeah, I think that's my only ask would be like, um, I don't know if it's as clear as Danny's, but just like tips and tricks for second year of business, I guess. <laughs> awesome. well, let's give these awesome ladies a warm round of applause. That's all we have for this week's Startup Roof Fargo. Thanks for listening in. Startup Roof Fargo is energized by Emerging Prairie, an organization dedicated to connecting and celebrating the entrepreneurial ecosystem. We'd also like to thank the following sponsors for their support, Pro Resources, Brady Mertz, the FMCVB, Office Sign Company, Fargo Parks, and Midco. See you next time.